Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lift Deep podcast brought to you by Hunt Lift Deep Official. I'm Carter McKenzie here with Bobby. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on, Carter? How are we tonight? We're good, man. We are uh, we are getting after it. This is our like podcast extravaganza week week five. We're just really getting yeah. after it. You really need to tell me to pump the brakes. Yeah, I feel like I have to get you a ring or some kind of commitment at this point because we've been spending <laughs> way too much time together lately. So I, I think it's coming next. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, my wife might be getting a little jealous of my work wife, Bobby McCree. Yes, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> but that's enough yeah. about us and our relationship. Yeah, for sure. We'll save that for another episode. Uh, yeah, we, we we just keep stumbling across these awesome people uh, to get on this podcast, man, and, and talk hunting with. And uh, yeah, we're pumped for uh, this week's episode. And we got Chelsea. Am I allowed to say your last name? I always forget. Yeah, you can always say my last name. All right, cool. I, I don't know who's going to come get me or what list I'm going to get put on. Or whatever. Chelsea Skinner. <laughs> Chelsea Skinner, fellow Georgian uh, uh, Hunt Lift Eat team member joining us tonight. What's going on, Chelsea? Nothing much. Just getting off of work and just winding down. How are you doing? Oh, like living the dream. Uh, we living were talking, I guess, before we before we push record. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. None of neither of you really matter. So we're going to go ahead and introduce Elizabeth Brownell. <laughs> Elizabeth, <laughs> rookie hunting on social media. Uh, big fan of yours. Um, thanks for getting back to us and thanks for jumping on the podcast tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of y'all too. I was really excited to get the uh, opportunity to talk to y'all. Heck yeah. Um, before we pushed record, we were talking like, you know, Elizabeth, you were saying like, oh, like I was a little nervous at first, like in the, being in the spotlight of things and being on podcasts. And I like, I totally relate to that. I, uh, I got brought on this position to be the, the producer and it was my job just to edit. And then Luke, the CEO, he got deployed. And then he was like, oh, now you're going to host. And I was like, dude, I hate listening to my own voice. Like, I don't want, I, I, I'm not smart enough to be talking to people. Like, I'm not your guy. And uh, eventually those those podcast jitters go away. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, thanks for jumping on. We're pumped to uh, have this conversation with you. And rookie hunting, right? Rookie hunting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Elizabeth? Yeah, so um, I was not raised in like a country vibe at all, right? Like I didn't do anything that I do now. So uh, in 2020, before COVID happened, I was pursuing sustainability through like a vegan-based diet. Like that's how I kind of saw like my, like the direction I wanted my life to go in. Um, When COVID happened, I wasn't sure like the availability of getting like fresh produce all the time. And um, so I knew I had to introduce meat back into my diet. So I just kind of did that slowly. And then that fall, um, I asked one of my buddies if he would take me out hunting. And I thought I was just going to hate it. I thought it was like a cool skill to like learn as far as like, if you like believe in like the zombie apocalypse or anything, like if you don't know how to like get food, like you're going to die. Right. So I thought I would just like, like, just teach me how to field process a deer. And then I would never go back. I was like, I'm probably going to cry the whole time. Um, I'm probably going to hate it. I'm not going to hate you. Like we can still be friends. But after that, like I expected really like to nothing to do with it after that. And, um, man, I just, it was nothing like I thought it was. I just absolutely like fell in love and I just took it and ran with it. And I knew I couldn't be the only adult who started hunting, um, cause I was 24. So, uh, I kind of created just an Instagram just to connect with, um, I wanted to reach two demographics and that was, um, female hunters and then, um, you know, hunters who started in their like adulthood. Cause I knew it's, it's, uh, definitely a challenge if you don't grow up doing it. It's a huge challenge and there's so many barriers. Um, or at least perceived barriers right off the rip. Now, a couple of years down the road, maybe some of those barriers don't seem as intense, but those barriers are there and there's a barrier for entry. And, you know, we've talked here at Hunt Lifty, uh, one of our you know main pillars is um, advocating for women in the outdoors. And we have a badass team of women on this team and they've done uh, some really cool podcasts. Um, and they've actually rebranded themselves instead of women in the outdoors. I think they're calling themselves the wild women of the outdoors or something. <laughs> they're wild, out of control, but badass women uh, all across the country um, advocating for other women to get into it as well. And that really drew me 
kind of to your page. I think I stumbled across you on TikTok first, actually. Um, and you really kind of blew up there. Like, that's why. You know, it's funny because I feel like people like either like DMs or like people will like say like, oh, yeah, like I saw your TikTok, like I know you're from TikTok. And I'm like, I did not want to make TikTok for the longest time. Like I actually like I was like arrogantly priding myself with people would be like, oh, did you see that TikTok? And I'm like, you know, no, I haven't downloaded it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too for TikTok. And then I finally did it because I thought, um, you know, I could see like the amount of people like views people get on TikTok compared to Instagram. And so I just thought, you know, if I link my Instagram, like people will see me on TikTok and then go to Instagram where I just I want to continue doing my thing on Instagram. And um, I don't know, TikTok's definitely a lot more like negative than Instagram if you want to go there. But um i definitely yeah i'm not a big fan of tiktok but you know, i try yeah i do want to go there eventually uh i've seen some yeah. wild comments that people have hit you with uh yeah. i do want to go there but it's interesting i think what drew me to your page was like your authenticity which is a word that we like i like to throw around with hunt lifting a lot um i think it's like a really valuable it's a really valuable word and I, I'm glad you made that jump to TikTok because I'm with you. Like I understand I'm a high school uh, teacher and I only know what it is because I'm trying to <laughs> stay up to date with, with the kids that I teach. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of negativity on there, but you know, your page is there to, like you said, advocate and to, um, you know, to teach and, and to be a, you know, a point of reference for like, Hey, you can do this too. Right. Yeah. I really like to because I was I was perusing your TikTok as well, and you definitely incorporate like the trendy like sounds or the trends that are going on. That when people start like going down that those rabbit holes, because I have with um, different sounds, different music, or whatever, like it's very um, it's very neat to like come across a video like yours that's completely different. It's not dancing. It's not this other crap that you see all over TikTok that you're inundated with. It's, it's about hunting and you're educating. And I really, really like that, especially with you being a younger female too. Like it's really inspiring for other women to go out there and kind of get it as well. Yeah, I definitely, I try to, again, I, I try to stay as genuine as possible. And like, I'm not gonna, yeah, the day I start dancing on TikTok, y'all can uh, yeah <laughs> delete this episode and just unfollow me for sure. Cause uh, I, you know, yeah, that's just not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. From a, you know, backing up a minute from a vegan point of view, like here's a hot take as a hunter, like I live on seven acres here and sustainability, like the zombie apocalypse without being like crazy, like I'm yeah. with you. Like I understand what you're saying. And like I have a two-year-old daughter and – my wife here and you want to be able to provide for you know the people that you love just in case right or you know to be able to do what my grandparents did um those are always good skills to have and like from a you know a vegan point of view like i like kind of as a hunter like i kind of understand the vegan aspect the vegan hot take minus like you know, vegans being like CrossFitters and like putting it in your face, which I don't yeah. get, I don't get which, that vibe from you, but like, I get it and I respect it more than like someone who's like a vegetarian, but like, you know what I mean? Like I understand like the discipline and like the sustainability and like that aspect of, um, I guess that prong of, of diet. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, cause I, I saw your homestead stuff and that's definitely like, that's what I want to do as well. Um, right. I had chickens and turkeys and, um, you know, I'm only, I'm on an acre now, but I'm trying to, obviously I want more like livestock and I want to really get into the homesteading thing. Yeah. But I do, whenever I get like a, whenever I get like a nasty comment, I'm always like, you're vegan, right? Cause like to me, vegans are the, and it, I, I could be biased because I, I understand the point of view. Right. But if, yeah, like they're the only people that can talk shit to me that I'll actually like hear them out because yeah. if you're one of the people that's just like spewing like, oh my gosh, like you're killing like defenseless, innocent animals, but then you're going to McDonald's and you're eating your chicken nuggets, like, I'm sorry, like you're, you hold no merit to me and uh, 
it's just coming from a place of pure ignorance, honestly. Yeah, a hundred percent. I would much rather, you know, join in discourse with somebody who like has beliefs and like sticks to their guns and is eating a healthy diet, like minus like, yeah, you should be eating more protein, let's be honest. But yeah. let's, you know, rather than like somebody, you know, a coworker or something that's like, oh my God, I can't believe you like kill animals. And it's like, well, have you like, do you know where your chicken comes from? Because it, it certainly doesn't, it's not coming out of the egg in a styrofoam package covered in saran wrap and, you know, beautifully cut and <laughs> minus yeah. all the pain and suffering involved there because it's just ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, your chicken from Costco doesn't come out of the woods like in the plastic, like you're saying. Tyson doesn't just wrap it up in the woods for you. And I do think, you know, honestly, I do think that's probably why the jump wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't, it was definitely unexpected, right? But I feel like the way I immediately felt about it and the way I like ran into hunting and just like, just it literally can right it consumes everybody like it is an addiction like yeah um i think it's because i i quickly realize like everything that you think about hunters right or like the modern day hunter um everything you think about them like it's when you see that animal like in their own habitat they don't know you're there um they're literally like just living their lives and then you get to harvest a beautiful creature you get to take it home, process it, like all of that work, it's literally like the most rewarding way to eat. So I don't think it's totally, you know, I think, I don't think everyone is capable of killing an animal. I do think that's like, it's not for the weak. I say that a lot. Like it's, it's not like mentally, like I've cried a lot. Like it's not, but it is (laughs) rewarding because like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And as you were saying like that is one of our slogans is no week in the wild. So, you know, we, we understand completely emotionally and physically is definitely something that we can connect with on that. And you posted a TikTok of you getting very emotional with a buck that you harvested. And I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I resonated with that TikTok so well, because we've all felt that like you just, you just unleash all your energy out into you and we all have been there and the reward and all the, your, everything that goes through your head at that moment. Yeah. Can you take us through that hunt? Cause how was that for you? Because I, I only saw 15 seconds. Yeah. So. It was like that video. Just, I didn't, ex- the first time I posted it, it immediately, like immediately blew up. Um, I did. And I didn't expect it to, right. I just kind of thought like, Oh, this is kind of funny. Like, I'm bawling, like hysterically bawling my eyes, still trying to be quiet because I'm on public land, but like hysterically sobbing, going from like sobbing to laughing to like, I remember I turned around because my boyfriend was in a different tree and I was like, I wasn't shaking, right? And he just started laughing. He was like, he was like, okay, okay, like, sure, sure. But um, it was just, it was everything I like wanted it to be, I think. And you know, I think you, as a new hunter, you hear a lot of people say, like, when it, when an animal plays their part perfect, right? Like, it literally goes how exactly you wanted it to, whether they're going into, like, your lane or giving you that perfect broadside shot. Like, it just happened so fast. And, like, the way he came out, probably, like, 80 yards, just immediately walked the trail. I was hoping he would walk and then just gave me a perfect, like, a perfect broadside shot at 15 yards. Like, it was just chef's kiss. Like it just couldn't have come together perfect. And I took the shot and just immediately (laughs) lost my shit. Like I've never, I've never felt like adrenaline like that. Honestly, I've never felt, and I love pressure. Like I I feel like I really perform well under pressure and I don't think I've ever enjoyed like, and you can't even call it a hobby, right? Or like a sport. I never really know what to call it because it's so much more than that. But I don't think I've ever found anything that puts me under such pressure and puts me in like just the state of adrenaline that hunting puts you in. Like it's, I, I, you know, the day I find something else that does that, like I'll become obsessed with that too. But until then, like I'm just going to keep hunting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the shakes are the best. Like I still get the shakes, right? I was like, when I shot my axis deer last, last month in, in Hawaii, I like, 
when I went to draw up on them, I watched them for a while and I was like, all right, this is the one I want to take. I like had to do some combat breathing for like, I don't know, probably a good minute, minute and a half. And, you know, I've been hunting for a, a while now. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult onset hunter. Uh, like you are, Elizabeth. I didn't grow up doing it um, either, but I've been hunting for nine years now and I've killed a lot of deer. Um, but even still, like, and if I ever lose that feeling, that's when I know, like, I, I need to move on. I need to find something else. And it's like, selfishly, that's like the greatest feeling in the world. And like, from a pressure point of view, you have to perform. You have to, because yeah. there's literally a life on the line and you want the least amount of suffering involved when you pull that trigger um, or, you know, release that arrow um, or else it kind of, it, it can taint the entire situation uh, and then, you know, wounding an animal and losing an animal, which yeah. I'm, I'm convinced every hunter will experience at one point or another. I've, I've experienced it last year in Wyoming uh, is gut wrenching. And so you want to do everything you can to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Also, I feel like, um, kind of like what you just said, that the highs and the lows of hunting, again, second to not like literally like it is like the highest highs you'll ever feel like, and if like literally like anytime you meet a hunter, they have a story to tell, right? Like that's like the biggest high they've ever been on. Like, and with that comes the biggest lows and again like talk about your mental strength like it's not for the weak like if you can't handle those extreme lows like you're not deserving of those extreme highs and so i don't know it's wild (laughs) so talking about like that mental toughness what are some of the biggest obstacles that you found because i'm i'm like you i'm like carter Um, I was an adult onset as well. Like I had never come from a background of hunting and I know the obstacles that we all dealt with individually, but I'd love to hear some of the obstacles that you've dealt with within the past couple of years. Obviously you've overcome them, but I'm just curious as to what your biggest ones have been. Um, I think it's a good question. So like my first season of hunting, I was um, hunting with you know, the, the friend who took me out and then he introduced me to his friend. And so between them, they both had access to private, like their own private land. Um, so it was really comfortable. Like, you know, you drive up and you're only walking a little bit of space until like, you know, a stand that's already there. Um, you know, camera set up, like, it's just, I, I don't want to say it's easy by any means, but it's just like a, a comfortable way of hunting. Um, and I remember I immediately, you know, I'm using their weapons too. Um, and so I was at their disposal is what it felt like. And I knew like, this is like, it's kind of crazy, right? It's like the second I did it, I was like, the rest of my life is going to look like this. Like, it's just what happens. Right. So I was like, (laughs) how do I make that jump from like doing it with other people with their weapons at their disposal on their land? I was like, I immediately knew like next season, like I have to somehow find the way to be like an independent hunter really like on my own. So I immediately, you know, did my research on like public land and I, you know, I go to my buddies and I'm like, Hey, like what is public land and how do you hunt it? And they were like, Oh God, like, no, they were like, you don't hunt public land. Like you'll die on public land. Like, um, they were just immediately like really, to be honest, like not encouraging. Cause like, you know, a lot of private land hunters, like they've never done it. So, you know, they have their, uh, opinions about it, very strong opinions. So they immediately were like, yeah, no, like you're, you can't do that. And I was like, okay. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to figure it out. So I think the biggest challenge was making that jump from private to public. And to be honest, I feel like this, <laughs> I don't want to say like the social anxiety of it, but knowing I was about to like potentially run into other hunters and to be honest like they're probably going to be men um you know there were a couple things with that like safety wise like I'm on you know public land alone um and then second like hunter etiquette like I if you don't know like you, you know you have no idea how to handle that so if you are you know my biggest fear was like walking up on another hunter 
like what's the hunter etiquette do i go up to them and apologize and go in the opposite direction like do i see them and just like wave and walk away like i'm pretty awkward so i was just like how do i handle that like so (laughs) i think the jump from private to public was definitely the biggest challenge and now it's like you know it's like second nature it's like you know i probably won't hunt private for a while until i actually like own land but um you know i feel so much more comfortable and so getting out of your comfort zone again like the most like rewarding thing you can do no, that's awesome. I've never hunted on public land. So like kudos to you. Just listening to your stories earlier, because again, I was kind of getting prepped for this. I was like, damn, she's really going out there and doing it. It's very impressive. Extremely impressive. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And even as like public to private is, uh, that is definitely a barrier. And you know, if you're fortunate enough to have good private land, that's fantastic. I think everybody should hunt both because it gives you good perspective, yeah. um, which is obviously something that's important to you coming from your background and then transitioning to this like perspective is, I think, one of the greatest tools in the entire world. Um, and it should be I think it should be mandatory that everybody hunts public and private. Uh, just like I think I tell all my high school students, like, you know, all y'all should have to go wait tables for a summer. Yeah. Uh, at one point in your life just to learn yeah. a little you, you learn a little always, etiquette yeah you can always tell like the adults who are like rude to their servers like i'm like oh you were never a busboy like you were never a bartender like yeah. i those so yeah 100 percent. i think that translates really well um and it's awesome that you're even considering the etiquette because i've i hunted public through college as well and i just i remember getting my ass smoked several times like getting chewed out by older guys or i you know getting ladder stands stolen or cameras stolen or like just like real shitty things like just like crappy people out there that can and not that many right it's definitely not the majority but enough to leave a bad taste in your mouth and it's like what are we even doing here or like up in your stand before you know well before daylight and then as soon as you know when it's like prime time like you know, five minutes after that, the sun starts creeping through. Some guy in orange just comes crunching along your shooting lines. And you're like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, are we even trying? Like, so yeah. kudos to you for like getting after that. Did you run into anything like that? Or, you know, any instances of hunter etiquette? You know, it's crazy. Like, sometimes. So like, I do get, I understand I do kind of have, like, I think women in general, right? Like, we have our disadvantages, and then we also have our advantages. And so I feel like that might be one thing. Like, for sure, no old man has ever screamed at me on public land. Like, he might look at me a little confused, like, where's your dad? But, like, he's never, (laughs) he's never, I've never gotten yelled at. And honestly, everyone I've I've ran into has been, like, really nice. Like, honestly, like, I've never had a bad experience and that might be because yeah like I'm a young girl um I've had some people like follow me they're like hey like you know I I like looked you up after we like left the the unit and like it's really cool what you're doing I'm glad I ran into you and I'm like thanks for the follow like really appreciate like again the sportsmanship like that you can find on public land but absolutely like the horror stories and just I think that's why like I was just really like hesitant not hesitant but I wanted to be like you know considerate of other hunters because I don't want to be that person who just got in late and I'm charging through the forest like messing up someone else's hunt yeah Um, it's something I'm just always really paranoid about like hunting public I'm like there could be someone like 50 yards away from me in like thick brush and I don't know so like even when I'm trying to cry like silently I'm like (laughs) just not make any noises (laughs) Well, it's awesome that you're considerate of that. And I think that's a great use of your platform um, and a great way to inform people because, you know, sometimes hunters can be our own worst enemies um, and turn on each other really quickly when that's that we're in no position to be doing that from a political point of view, from a societal point of view, like we need to be lifting each other up and supporting each other and encouraging people, you know, young girls, like, you know, I want, I want my daughter to grow up in the woods as well. And I want her to have the, the gumption and the, 
fortitude to walk into a piece of public as well and be like, yep, I'm going to go set up my stand and I'm going to shoot a buck and I'm going to handle this myself. Like that's, you know, we need to be supporting that. Yeah. And I think that was one thing I, I de- when I created the account, I definitely wasn't expecting it to be where it is now. Um, like at all. I, I, I think I just wanted to document like the process I was, I felt like I was in um, of like, just, you know, not knowing anything and then just jumping into it. And what does that look like? I just wanted to be able to like document it and like look back and be like, Oh my gosh, like I remember when I didn't know the difference between a rub and a scrape. Right. Like I wanted it to be a personal timeline for myself. Um, if I would have known how, like you said, like sometimes Hunter is like for our own like enemy, if I would have known like the negativity and the judgment, that's like, just the controversies of like just any topic you name it like in the hunting community i probably would have never like never made a tiktok i would have never made an instagram i I probably would just be hunting somewhere and like not you know not on this podcast i think uh it just wasn't what i was expecting like i you know i started snowboarding at 20 21 never had any hate from that community (laughs) like no one ever yeah like people are brutal in the hunting community so I I I don't get it I really don't um if you're ethical like I just just do do what you want like I I don't see how that concerns anyone else like it's tough because I I know there's probably other people that are in that in the position that I used to be in right where you know, they might be like interested in this, but like they don't know how to start. And if they start, you know, as millennials or Gen Z, like if they, I think the general reaction is to go to um, like social media to learn, especially TikTok, right? I feel like you find recipes, you find DIYs, like you find anything. So if, if they're looking up hunting on TikTok and that's the first thing they're seeing, why on earth would anyone want to try to join like this community like this lifestyle right like if they're seeing just hunters shit on other hunters consistently constantly all the time whether it's about private land public land like crossbows like why like why is anybody gonna want to do that it doesn't make sense to me and i think it's threatening to uh conservation in general and i think it's it's potentially damaging just to wildlife conservation in general so um, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, being that you started later in your years to, of hunting, who's someone that kind of you looked up to or mentored you and, and showed you kind of some tips, tricks and things that you learned? Or was it like you went to YouTube? Or how did you actually start to grow your knowledge? And um, again, I feel like I was really fortunate. Um Cause I kind of immediately just like started talking to people. I'm like, Hey, do you have any friends that hunt? Like, can they take me out? Like, can they, you know, I think I just, I started looking for people. I'm like, you were in camo and Walmart. Like I'm going to come talk to you. Right. And so everyone again, like was just so welcoming. Like everyone was so nice and people took me out on hunts. And um, I think having like the, the hands-on experience that like, Again, like my, you know, the first season I hunted whitetail, I was really just for majority of it, I felt like I was really just hunting with them. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't taking the shot or anything. I was just going with my buddy and his friend and his wife right too, right? So I feel like just from the like watching aspect and then finally when I was, I felt like I was ready I, I didn't feel like I was ready. I was like, this is probably going to be like the last, the first and last time I ever shoot an animal. Right. Again, like I even watching it, I was like, I'm probably never going to be able to do this again. And I was wrong again, like constantly wrong. But, um, I feel like learning hands-on with other people is definitely the best way. Um, and I still love it. Like I, I do, especially whitetail. I feel like I love going alone, but I will say like every single person I hunt with for the first time, like everyone does something different, whether it's, you know, how they're hunting, whether like moon phases or not, or everyone has like their own, like just way to do it. So 
you know, and I might not like it. I might go home and be like, okay, like that works for them. I'm not going to adopt that. I don't, I don't want to try that, but everyone does something different and whether you like it or not, like, I think that's a great way to learn. But also like, as far as YouTube too, like, obviously I went to hunting public first. I think like, they're just a really like funny group of guys. Um, and they're younger too. I feel like if you go on like pursuit TV or whatever, it's a lot of like older men. Um, so I feel like, you know, meat eater, I went to them too. And, um, yeah, I feel like those are white tail fit. I really love his account and I feel like he's really approachable, like really easy to just his videos and you know, how he talks about bow hunting. So, um, I feel like if, again, if you're like interested in hunting, like there's really no excuses to not look up the resources. Like there's plenty of them out there. And I know I, I definitely, it's one of my faults. Like I, I want to be educational. I just really don't know how to be yet. Cause I feel like I'm still so new. Like I'm, I still feel like I'm trying to figure that out as well. So. Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. And I c- kind of feel like even starting, I started at a younger age. I started at like 12, 13 and I didn't really have anybody to show me a lot of the hunting stuff. So I felt like learning at a younger age even was difficult and I'll age myself here. We didn't have YouTube when I was younger, so I wasn't. I couldn't just Google or somebody. I think like at the time we had like Ask Jeeves. I know nobody knows what that is, but like we had to, uh, we had to go Fucking a little bit of a different. Old ass man, Ask Jeeves. So uh, we got to find out where Jeeves has been off topic, but yeah, we got to get Jeeves on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like I completely understand like everything. Like I, I relied on people I knew just like trying to show me something and I would go to different stores and start buying things and just ask a million questions. I always felt like I was so annoying when you're talking to some guy at, you know, at the sporting goods store for an hour and a half. But yeah, that's awesome that you were able to do that. I, I love that. I will say, I feel like that's one place that I usually get more frustrated, right? Like if I go to like a new archery shop and I'm like, there was this one. I was like so excited. The amount of people that recommended this place. And I walked in and I was like, you know, I was so, so pumped to like talk to somebody about it. Like somebody knew. And he was talking to the guy in front of me for like, I don't even know, like 30 minutes. And I was looking at releases. Like I just bought a brand new release. Like I don't need them. I was just trying to like mosey along so I could like purchase my stuff and like maybe talk to him too. And he like checked me out in like 30 seconds. Like, didn't even try like the amount of times that happens like just going to like even Bass Pro and it's like you just get ignored and like I or if I'm you know god forbid I'm I'm with my boyfriend it's like the eye contact isn't even there like I am invisible and it's just it never gets old man like the anger I feel I'm like all right let me take a Xanax before I go to Cabela's like I think that can be like super frustrating, especially for females, because it's like you're either not taken seriously, um, you're kind of looked as like very naive coming into the hunting industry and asking questions sometimes. And I completely feel yeah. that. So my fiance, um, I'm trying to get him into bow hunting and archery. And I bought him his first bow back in Christmas of last year. And it's like you would have thought. Like, I had no clue what I was doing. Like, he was the one that had been doing this his whole entire life. And I'm like, no, I bought him that. Like, <laughs> like let's yeah. go back. To, let's let's restart this thing. But that actually brings me on to another question that I had for you. Of course, they're all, like, female-related because it's not few and far between. I feel like I uh, the female community <laughs> is definitely growing for sure. Um, which is great because I feel like when I was a whole lot younger, it just wasn't there it, or it wasn't commercialized at least before social media. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to equipment, have you found anything that um, has been an issue for you, whether it's um, stands or I mean, any type of equipment that clearly wasn't geared towards females that you've had an issue with or things that you particularly like, dislike, anything like that? So definitely clothes are always like an issue, right? Um, And especially I feel like a lot of the female brands, like they're either like 
not the best quality or they're extremely overpriced because they know like women are either wearing, you know, a men's men's clothing, which, you know, not only sizing, is it not great? Cause like, I've never seen a men's extra small, like I've just never seen it. Right. Um, or like my, my waiters are youth. They're youth XL. Um, like uh, I was wearing a lot of youth clothing. Like I was just trying to find something that would fit better than men's. Right. Um, so I feel like the clothing aspect like, isn't great. I feel like I'm finding a lot more options, but again, like I'm spending probably more money than I would like to. Um, as far as a stand, I got, I feel like I got really lucky because I immediately, again, like moving from private to public, um, I, you know, I, I hadn't heard of saddle hunting at the time. So I, I knew I wanted a self climber. Um, and I knew summit was a good brand and they have, um, a mini, it's like the summit mini Viper. So it's like the lightest one I was able to find. So my self climber, um, it's like 18 pounds total, which to be honest, like, isn't bad. Um, do I still have to like take it off and take breaks? Like if I'm like deep on public, absolutely. Like it's really cumbersome. Like it's not great. Um, I already have back problems. So like, it's just like, it's not a comfortable thing to like lug around, but I will say like, it's really light, like compared to other ones I found on the market. So, um, as far as that though, I don't know. I just feel like as a woman, like if you're going to start hunting, like you just, yeah, it's going to be a lot of men's like men's stuff. It just is, it is what it is. Right. Right. And a lot of trial and error too, you know? Some things oh work my and gosh, some things yeah. don't. Which, again, like, yeah. And, and I feel like that's the biggest problem is like, you can't just go into the store and like try it on. Um, because they're just not, they don't have like the options. Like in, in person, they just, the women's brands like aren't going to be where you want them to be. Like they're just not, the availability isn't great either. So it is right. hard. It's also just like a slippery slope with hunting in general, right? On top of like compounding on top of the fact that maybe sizes aren't made for women of y'all stature. Chelsea is also not, uh, she is certainly not a giant height wise, um, <laughs> very small individual still could kick my ass, but short individual, uh, yes. you know, small hunting in general, like you said, can, yes, that's right. It's small, but mighty hunting in general can be, I think you mentioned it earlier. It can, the, the expenses can rack up rather quickly. And I find myself updating gear or like always, I don't know. I feel like we're just inundated with like the marketing of the hunting industry as a whole. And it's like, you need this and you need this and you need better binos and you need better you know, scope on your rifle and you need better ammunition. And it's like, Whoa, where did $3,000 go? What, what just happened? Or you need like this kind of camo. And it's like, do you like, I don't, I don't it can compound really quickly. Yeah. yeah you have to, <laughs> you have to wear a sticker to Walmart. It's just known. It's like the unwritten laws. You have to do these things. See, Bobby's a camo that- snob. Yeah, lately I've been wearing like um, my sicka pants with like my Walmart tops, and I'm like, I'm keeping it humble. So it's like a it's a mullet. Yeah, it's like party in the front. You know, it's like it's that is the perfect balance right there. (laughs) I uh, I always tell people if you ever see me wearing matching camo, you'll know I've made it. That's when you know I'm rich. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people too, like because I I've definitely talked about like the expenses like portion like that it just, it just never ends. Like it just, it just adds up. And I feel like a lot of people like kind of question me on it and they're like, it's, you know, you're, you're buying those things because you want them, not because you need them. But honestly, like if you're starting out from ground zero, like you've never, you've never hunted a day in your life. You're fucked. Like, <laughs> like I worse than drugs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it honestly is like, it is just like, and again, like when I started snowboarding, I was like, man, like, you know, this stuff's expensive, but like, it's not now it's like, I, you know, I buy boots or a jacket. I'm like, that's nothing. It's literally nothing to me because hunting in general, like I, the first, I, the, the best advice I can give for sure is buy used. Um, especially as a woman, like you're, you're going to find brands that either fit you great or fit you. They not so well. So 
I bought used for my whole first season. Um, just anything I could find really. Like I, even I bought, um, I, a lot of people told me not to, but I did it anyway. I bought my compound bow and a crossbow. Like it was a bundle, hmm. um, for three fifty. Oh, like dang it. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. And I'm, again, I told, I told my buddies, I was like, Hey, like I bought a compound bow too. Cause like it was with a crossbow and I, would, I just thought I'd buy both. And they both looked at me like I was crazy. And they were like, you can't have with that. Like it's, you're not going to be able to. And I was like, bet. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so oh, this is man. actually my first season of my compound. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, but yeah, I just uh, bought everything used and, you know, I just, I upgraded over the summer from like that, the compound bow was like a, a bow tech, like diamond edge. Like it, it was pink. That's a good bow. It was pink Great and bow. I fucking hated it, but oh, it was, it was pink. and oh. yeah, it was cheap. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> so I upgraded to a Matthews and I absolutely love it. And I'm really happy. There's a jump. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Like, you know, I just did this with my car. Like, I bought my own car in college. Like, literally, it's like seven grand. I already had like a thousand miles on it, but no car payment. Um, you know, I just it paid it off and just was hoping I wouldn't die in it. Like, that was just my constant like hope. <laughs> and I just bought my first like brand new car, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I didn't have a car payment." Like, that was like the the diamond edge, like the pink diamond edge. It was like, I didn't have a car payment. Like I, I did the time, like I, I bought it used. I struggled a bit and now I'm upgrading to like what I actually want. So I feel like that's my best advice for anyone starting out hunting, like buy used, even if you don't love it, figure it out. Like it, does it fit well? Do you like the brand? And then upgrade when you have the time. And even now, like I don't get rid of anything as far as um, like hunting stuff. Like I'm, I'm not purging anything. It's going in a box in the attic because if I have a friend that comes to me mm. or a new person or anyone who's like, Hey, can you help me get into hunting? Like, how do I do it? I'm going to go to my attic and be like, I have all of these boxes of stuff. Yeah. I don't use, don't need, here you go. Find what fits, yeah. keep it, like take it because yeah, I don't know. 1000%. Cause on the flip side of like where you came from and where like I came from, like as a 19, 20 year old trying to figure this out in a world of people who grew up doing it. And like, I'd never been to deer camp. I had never, I'd never done any of that stuff. Right. I hold on to everything. I hoard all of my old hunting gear. And now I'm like, I'm like the County outfitter now. I'm like, cause now my favorite part of hunting <laughs> is like taking new people hunting who have never been. It's like my, the, the script has been flipped and like, that's what I find the most fulfilling now. And I'm like, yep. I got all the gear you need. Don't worry about it. Like I'm taking, uh, I was telling Bobby, like I took a coworker hunting for the first time last weekend for the Georgia opening uh, rifle season. And we're going to the range tomorrow and dude's never shot a rifle. And I'm like, oh, I got everything you need. Like I got ear pro. I got, I got, you know, I will bring my rifles. I'll bring the ammo. Don't worry about it. I'm just am thrilled that you want to get into it. Uh, so I totally understand that. Have you experienced that on the flip side yet? Have you started introducing hunting to other folks yet so and that's definitely where I want to take it right like I always say like it's changed my life and I know other people and again if I can do it like I really think anybody can do it because you, you know you see this video of me sobbing in the woods like if I can do it like anybody can do it um I've I've taken a couple people but if I'm gonna be honest like um especially this so this is my first season with my compound um, but like last uh, season was I used my crossbow because I felt like I wasn't ready. And especially like if I'm going to I'm going to take like an animal's life, like I'm I want to I want to be ready. Right. I want to respect that animal like the most I can. And I, I knew I wasn't ready with my compound last season, so I didn't take it. Um, and so it's hard for me. Like I, I took one of my friends for the first time. And she had hunted with dogs before, but she'd never like still hunted, especially not in archery. So, and that was her first time using a self climber and I don't get to hunt with women that often either. So like, I, I had a great time just taking her, but, um, I wasn't really ready to be like, yeah, you can use my crossbow. Like, that's fine. Like, well, I'll slide it in with you. Cause I'm like, I'm still trying to get my first tier with it, with my bow. So, you know, I've had people ask me this season, like, Hey, like, should I buy my license? Like, when are you going to take me? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm really struggling. Cause I just. 
uh, yeah, like I'll take you and you can film me. Like if you just want to sit in a tree and like watch, that's That's totally fair. Yeah. 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 But like, especially like, I guess, what do you, again, I'm still so new. Like if I took someone and I'm like, all right, yeah, like you get to shoot whatever, like, you know, especially public, like I can't call it, call a deer or anything like that. That one's mine. Um, I don't really put out too much, too many cameras either. So like, I don't really have a target bucket, just, just, you know, meat in the freezer kind of thing. So what do I do if I'm like, yeah, you, you can, you can shoot. And then, you know, a massive deer walks by and I'm like, you know, I push the 10 year old. I just, I'm kind of nervous for that moment of like, Oh no, actually, you know, sorry. I know I told you, but now it's mine. So. I dread those moments. I put people like I have lease properties. I put my own brother in my stands, and sometimes he's like, "Oh, I'm hunting," and I'm always just like, "Fuck, that motherfucker gets my buck. I'm gonna fucking kill yeah, him." And I'm the one that said, "I'm like saying, yeah, go with my stand, man. I'm so happy for you." Behind his back, I'm like, "Fuck you, you kill him, I kill you." <laughs> to- totally feel that part of it. Yeah, and like when you take people coming from like all the hills that you've climbed and all the skills that you've learned you want to be sure that they're proficient enough with that weapon with the, you know, with everything involved. Cause like the last thing you want to do is have them rush a shot or like not be prepared. And like, there's a fine balance between like, I'm amped to take and introduce somebody to this. And like, is this person ready yeah. to like jump into it? So like, I understand you're like, you're, you're push and pull. I agree. Cause I think I used to offer a lot more like I would be like yeah if you ever want to go like you know like I'll definitely take you and then I feel like I don't know I would like just like weird comments would like put me off where they're like yeah I can't wait to kill an animal and I'm like I'm like oh, I don't know that doesn't yeah. sound me I'm like never mind either. I'm like you're not invited yeah you're um, missing the point. so definitely making sure yeah like they're just missing the point so I feel yeah. like now I try to yeah I'm definitely a lot more careful about like just even offering um yep yeah also you, I feel you, like messing up a shot or anything like that is like already traumatic for me like I spined my first deer last uh I think it was in November like I spined a doe and as you guys can guess like it was it was like pure panic like I think I don't even know how I got down my tree so fast like I I didn't like none of the rings went into the tree like I think I just literally disconnected both of my like the and I just like slid down I'm pretty sure I threw my crossbow like out of the tree I had never been able to like pull it back to like um to load another bolt like I I wasn't strong enough like ever and the adrenaline I had because this bow is like 10 feet in front of me like and I immediately knew I spined her like I yanked that shit back like with some bolt strength and I took a second shot and I just sat next to her and I just was obviously hysterical like yeah um because that's nothing you want to see you know you don't yeah don't ever want to do that again but it happens right like so it does and if you hunt long enough it absolutely does yeah oh yeah now when you have those friends that that always say take me hunting take me hunting the best thing to do is in the off season Take them when it's the thickest in the spring and it's hot as hell out and tell them we're going to go scout for property. And then watch how many people say, oh, take me hunting again after that. They, they all vanish. It's amazing how that works out. <laughs> That's smart for sure. It's a pro move. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth, on Facebook, we have a uh, we have a Hunt, Lift, Eat forum. And there's a bunch of people on there. Uh, it's an open Facebook group. And there was a guy named Alex Ball the other day who posted posed a question which actually made me think of you in, in preparation for this podcast tonight I want to read you what he wrote he said new hunter here looking for advice or tips on things like hunting public land hunting with a buddy processing deer and anything else you guys feel like a new hunter needs to know um, and that thread was one of the coolest things like one of the most inspiring things I've seen in a hot minute it was awesome to see people from all over the country jump on and like put in their two cents. Um, and I thought it was really cool that one, someone was like, 
not to like not to be overly dramatic but like have the courage to be like hey i don't really know a lot can i don't think it's over dramatic yeah can you guys help me out out of your comfort zone and like to literally say like i don't know what i'm doing and like where do i start or like how like yeah like what tips can i get i i do think like a lot of people are afraid to do that especially i feel like the ego that is kind of involved in hunting sometimes like i feel like that's you know definitely why i try to be genuine i feel like people act like they're the biggest baddest hunter out there and uh i i don't think that's really conducive to like a learning environment for new like for rookie hunters like I, I don't think that's good yeah no it's it's a good way to drive folks away um you've given some really good advice already what about like from the on the like after the kill point of view i don't know if chelsea may have had a, a question about this as well like what about from like the processing point of view or like after you've after you've made the shot um what advice would you give to a new hunter because that's like you know everybody says like this is when the work begins right and like yeah. it does like that's <laughs> shit's no joke right yeah um sorry to put you on the spot yeah no i mean i i remember the first time again like the first time i i didn't know what to expect like i you know i think the closest experience that i ever had was like anatomy class like dissecting a dead animal um yeah so i remember like the and i was you know kudos to my buddies because they immediately like handed me the knife and they were like this is like you're gonna do it like we're just here to tell you what to do um so if you're hunting with a, with a friend, like, or if you're, you know, an experienced hunter taking a new hunter out, put that knife in their hand. Um, they were terrified to see that knife in my hand when they found out, like, I didn't even know how to cut anything. Like they thought I was going to cut my hand off, but, um, I think it's the best way to learn. Um, I think the, the, the weirdest thing for me, like right off the bat was, I wasn't expecting it to be so warm. Like I, you know, it, it sounds funny now, but like, if you've never been around a freshly dead animal, like it was hot, like I'm pulling organs out and it's just hot, like all over your hands. Like, it's just a really weird feeling. Um, and I've, I've seen some people say like, they don't like to gut an animal or like they don't process their own deer. Cause like they're squeamish. Um, I, I definitely can't relate to that. So like, if you do have a problem with blood, like it's definitely not going to be great. Um, but, I mean, it's that's just, one way to put it. Yeah, it's not going to be great. It's not <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, I feel like I don't know. I feel like getting an animal. Also, I'm I I will say I've never I've never made a gut shot. So like I am terrified for that inevitable one day. Like I throw up really easily. So <laughs> it's just like a it's like a smell thing. Like once I start gagging, like I will vomit. Like so I'm really not prepared for a gut shot. Um, I mean, I am, start like, gagging now. Yeah, like mentally it haunts me. Like, but I know it's probably gonna happen one day. So. Um, but yeah, I feel like, honestly, I feel like the hardest part is actually like dragging it out. Like, especially if you're hunting public, like yeah. that buck, if I would have been by myself, like it already took us so long to get to the road. Um, if it, if I would have been by myself, it, man, I mean, I shot it at like 7am. I probably would have been out of there at like 2pm. Like he was just really big bodied. Um, even does, like I have a really hard time, like dragging them out. Like if you, especially, you know, you're not you could hunt near the fire road, but you know, that's a, that's a long hike to on public land to drag out. Um, as far as processing it though, like getting it home, that was my next concern. Like having a setup where I'm able to hang it up, get it up there by myself. Like what kind of pulley system do I need? Um, I was literally looking at like automatic, like wrenches where you press a button and he would just like go up. Right. Cause yeah. like that was my biggest concern. Um, I will say like, you're probably going to drop a lot of more money again, just in like your processing situation, like that setup, like, and I feel like people don't think about that. Um, but I don't know how much a butcher is like to actually just like take your deer and get it done. I know it can range like depending where you're at, but I will say like invest in your equipment. Um, like don't buy a cheap grinder, you know, if you're trying to like grind your own meat and like make sausage and stuff. Cause like, it's gonna break and then you're just gonna have to spend the money again so like invest in your equipment invest in your knives 
um, upfront, like, yes, it's money, but like if you harvest, you know, I'm not sure about all states, but we get six tags initially in Virginia. And then some places you can put in for more doe tags. But if, you know, I'm taking six deer to a butcher, um, 150 a pop, like you're, it's especially over time, like the initial cost, yeah, is going to be a lot to process your own animals. But again, I feel like when that meal's in front of you, like I don't see dollar signs. Like I just feel like the reward of like knowing, yeah, I was able to do this myself. And like, especially being able to feed friends and family, like it, it's just, it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Did that answer the question you had, Chelsea? Yeah, kind of. I just feel like I just. Yeah. A yeah. No, and that was awesome. I was kind of curious too, coming from a vegan background, if anything bothered you, but it doesn't seem like it did. Right. Well, yeah, not really. You know, it's funny. Like before I was vegan, like I think handling meat from the store used to just like gross me out, like handling raw chicken or steak or like from the package used to gross me out. And now it's like, <laughs> like, I think that was another thing, like handling meat from like an animal you just killed, like literally I could do it all day. Like, so I feel like that is another thing, like the disconnect people have from like the, the food they're consuming. Like, I don't know, like it's, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Even like my own, like uh, I butchered my meat turkey for Thanksgiving and all that. That was like, there were tears for that one too, but I knew it had to happen because it was a meat bird. Um, but I just, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't gross to me, like handling that meat. Like it was just like, kind of like the cycle of life. Right. So, um, no going, yeah, going from vegan to like hunter was not, yeah, not really a problem as far as like the, the butchering process. Cool. I like it. That's really cool. What, um, one question that I had written down, I know we're rolling up on an hour here. Elizabeth, uh, what has been like your favorite, like wild game recipe? Like what's your go-to? What's, what's the jam? What's the jam? Uh, yeah. um, you know, a big surprise for me was like the organ meat. Um, I saw your heart video. Yeah. Yes. Like I, great. I love heart. Yeah. yeah. And I think another, like, another thing when you're hunting with other people, you get to see how they, like, process their animals. And my buddies were not keeping, um, they weren't keeping the necros, they weren't keeping the heart or liver. Um, Yeah, and I remember at the time, I was like, okay, well, like, if I did it, you know, I want to make, like, broth out of bones. Like, now, this season, I'm trying to collect fat to try to make tallow, like, candles or soap, like you know, definitely following the sustainability aspect. Like I want to try to use everything. Like, um, I just got a template to make like purses out of deer hides. So I'm going to start making those like, so just really excited to keep learning and like making new things. But, um, yeah, heart was just such a shock for me. Cause like, I never expected it to be like, just really just so good. So heart is definitely one that, um, that I like and always looking forward to eating. And, um, I think my favorite thing to do with backstraps, I hate when I see people wrap it in bacon, like it just, it's like tainting it. It's like, there's no need to bring pork into it. I think (laughs) unless you harvested that pork too, I don't know. But, um, (laughs) I do this thing with a backstrap. It's basically, I mixed like, um, a port wine, like reduction sauce with a steak Diane recipe. Um, so you have the acidity from like the, the port wine. Um, but then you also have like, just like the cream from like the steak Diane and it is like, it's my favorite. It's a lot of work, but it's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Come on. That sounds like a showstopper. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I keep, I keep the livers and I keep the hearts and, uh, of course the neck meat, like that's, that's your tacos right there. Throw that in a, in a crock pot that's i mean that's a no-brainer shred it that's it i haven't done liver yet i the amount of livers i have in the freezer right now is a little like intimidating um, oh i, I don't wonder... like them they don't taste good like i yeah I, are you I kidding hate... me they're king yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i hate every single one but i feel like it's part of your due, dil- due diligence to yeah oh that's cool yeah i was just curious like uh you know the cooking side of things and the recipe side of things is important to us over here and like 
I think it's also part of like your hunting journey to like, you don't want to get bogged down, right? You want to always like keep learning and like trying new things. And like you said, like if you break down a deer with another person, every single, everybody has a different way to break down a deer, right? Everybody has a, every hunter has a different way. And especially from like different regions across the U S and, you know, recipes is part of that too. Right. Cause that's another way to show respect to the animal that you took as well. And I think trying to learn new things and try new things with that wild game recipe is part of like pushing that boundary. Also, I, I would say a huge learning curve too. Um, I had never, you know, no, nobody was bringing home like wild game when I grew up. So cooking with it was um, incredibly intimidating because I think it's so easy to just mess up and like you, you just harvested that animal, right? Like talk about respect. You don't want to like mess up a recipe and now you're chewing like overcooked duck or like, yeah. you know, I think that's kind of a brutal, brutal part of it is like just the learning curve of cooking with wild game. And again, I will say the resources out there, like the amount of recipes you can find um, in tutorials um, on how to break down the animals. So I feel like yeah, there's always so many recipes to try. And so I feel like cooking is uh, a very fun, like, learning curve when it comes to hunting. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's definitely, there's a lot of different uh, ways to go. For sure. Yeah, it's it's endless. It's absolutely massive. Yeah. It's a really cool part of the entire journey. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're cruising up over an hour here, Elizabeth. This flew. I didn't get to ask you half the questions that I wanted to ask you about. Um, so we might have to, we might have to schedule a part two if you're down. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, let's just go around see if anybody has any closing thoughts. Ch- Chelsea, what are you, what are you thinking over there? Dude, I, I just think you're so cool. I, I wish I would have had <laughs> like more social media influence from other females in hunting when I got started. Cause Instagram was just starting to be a thing and I'm not going to age myself into what social media I started with <laughs> before MySpace, Xanga. <laughs> but, um, but I just think what you're doing oh is God. so, yeah, Xanga was rough. I was coding when I was in middle school. Um, I just think what you're doing is so cool. I admire it so much. Um, I look so forward to kind of watching you and seeing you grow and, looking forward to kind of the hunts that you're going to do in the future and uh, keeping up with you that way. But I just think that you're such an inspiration, especially to younger girls who want to get into it, Stop. don't know how to get I'm into it. And like, <laughs> I really feel that way. I think you're super cool. So I, I love it. And just like keep trucking on <laughs> and so doing much. what you're doing. Thank you. You have no idea like how much that means to me because like all the time like I want to like delete my socials and then I'll get a DM or someone like says something along those lines and like it it, it's the reason I haven't deleted it so far. So thank you. Like that means a lot. And I'm glad like I don't know. I just try to be as genuine as possible. So yeah, no. And I mean, keep doing it. You have so much so much support. I definitely feel it. Not on TikTok, but Instagram. Like, I love my Instagram family. Like, everyone's super nice. (laughs) Hell yeah. Bobby. So, uh, mine's not as awesome of a question as that is, but uh, mine, it it needs to be answered because last week I got made fun of for mentioning a place called Wawa. And since you're on the East Coast, I need to know what your go-to Wawa order is. Oh, man. Um, I... Honestly, I switched between um, just an Italian with banana peppers and extra tomatoes to a steak and cheese occasionally. Um, and um, I will say their bananas, their fresh banana smoothie um, cures hangovers. If anyone wants to needs that information, what is Fantastic. happening right now? What is oh, what yeah. are these words? What are these words? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You need a baby. Yeah, I got made fun of so hard last week. And then somebody said, I don't know what a Wawa is. That just sounds funny. You guys don't have a come and go. I'm like, and that doesn't sound funny to you? What the <laughs> hell is a come and go? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just wanted to that. settle that one. Mm-hmm. Is that a restaurant? What is that? Oh, and I all the time, I'm like, yeah, it's a restaurant. And other people are like, Elizabeth, it's a gas station. And I'm like, it is a five-star restaurant. <laughs> yeah. so fill up your tank. <laughs> 
Every we hunting trip, you get your rain energy drinks, you get your mac and cheese, you get your load oh, up. Yeah, the mac and cheese. Um, have you had their chicken bowls? With like oh, yeah, absolutely. Chips? And then it's half mac and cheese, half mashed potatoes. That's also my go-to. If I'm not going to get a hoagie, like that's what I get. Yeah. Wawa, sponsor us if you hear, if you hear this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tag them in the show notes. Y'all are speaking a foreign language right now. Chelsea and I are yeah. shut off. Yeah, like, good. We, got, we got like a Bucky's a month ago or something like that, and Bucky's is still too much for me. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Elizabeth. You got any closing thoughts for us? Just thank you so much for having me on. Like, I had a really good time talking to y'all, and um, you know, again, I'm a bit, I'm a big fan, big fan of y'all. So when yeah, I saw, heck yeah. I saw the message came in. I was like, I've never really been so excited to a podcast. So I really appreciate y'all taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, no, we really appreciate it. It's, it's reciprocated on our end. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, this relationship between Hunt, Lift, Eat and, and Rookie. Uh, really appreciate it, Elizabeth. And we're stoked to watch you going forward and, you know, good luck on all of your hunts. And, you know, maybe as soon as we get off here, we'll schedule part two and get after it again. Absolutely. I would love that. Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, as always, listeners, we appreciate the hell out of you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.